Okay, today's daf is Kuf Aleph in Masachet Psachim. We are uh, 16 lines from the top of Amud Aleph. We just, we're in the middle of the discussion, and one of the challenges of these sugyot is they all run into each other. It's hard to find a place to stop that is logical, so we're probably going to have that problem today too. Um, but we'll do our best. So uh, yesterday we, we began talking about the issue of Kiddush bimkom seuda. You have to have a meal where you have Kiddush. And we just read this, we, we saw the position of Shmuel that en Kiddush ela bimkom seuda, which is the, uh, the accepted halacha. You have to say Kiddush in a place where you eat. There's a whole discussion about what do you have to eat. We'll, we'll touch upon that momentarily. But we already saw the story, different rabbis that, that side with Shmuel. So even though in general, and the reason that the... Um, and the Rishonim explained that the reason why it's bringing all these different examples of people who agreed with Shmuel is because usually, like I mentioned yesterday, normally we follow Rav when it comes to ritual laws like Halachot of Shabbat. And so the fact that we're following Shmuel here is unusual. You see that, the, uh, that it was accepted by so many different rabbis. That gives it more weight. And so we just saw before how, um, how Rav Huna had made Kiddush and then his light went out. And so he went into the, it says, It was actually a wedding hall. I thought it was Gan. I read it as Gan yesterday, but it was actually the wedding hall, the Chupa that he went into. Uh, apparently there was a place that had lights, you know. Um, I don't think he was disinvited from his son's wedding, but I think there was just an area that had lights, so they went and they ate in there. Okay, now we have like this. Um, when I was in the house of the master, meaning when I was studying in the yeshiva of the master, his, his master was rabba with a, with a bet, not a, not a, the way you can tell the difference is rabba is bet hey, and rabba is bet aleph. Right, so uh, we were we're studying together, and he would said ki hava mikdash when he would say kiddush amal, and he said to us te imu midi eat something dilma ada azlitu leushpiza mitakol lechushraga because maybe you're going to get back to the place you were staying. The way that they used to do it back in those days was instead of having a dorm, obviously they didn't have dorms. What they did was you would stay at certain people's like lodgings, people where people would open their home to you or whatever. You could sleep over. So they would have Kiddush there. And he would say, maybe by the time you're going to get back to the place where you're staying, the light will be out. Right? And, and then you won't, uh, 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 you won't be able to uh, make Kiddush. The place where you're going to eat. Right? You're not going to be able to uh, say any kiddush in the uh, in the place where you uh, where you eat, and and this kiddush will not count for you because you didn't eat anything there, um, and so therefore you should make sure that you um, uh, that that you eat something now. So the whole question is, what do you have to eat? So there's a chalokat about that, uh, what you have to eat. Now the Tosafot says that it sounds here like it means that he should they should eat bread. Um, and, and the, uh, and the truth of the matter is if they don't eat bread, they're not going to have the mitzvah of that se'udah because they're going to go back. He's saying you might get back and the light is out and meaning you're not going to be able to eat anything. You're going to go, Rashi says, <laughs> what does it mean? It means that you're going to go back and Right, if you go back home and you don't eat anything because the light is out, so then you're going to end up without the mitzvah of kiddush either. Don't think, oh well, we already heard kiddush, so we'll eat tomorrow. No, you won't get the mitzvah of kiddush either because you're going to go back and uh, <clears throat> and go to sleep without um, without eating. So um, so uh, so therefore, he said you have to eat something. Now, there's some that say that no eating mizonot also could count as makom suda. There's some people even say that drinking the wine, drinking the cup of wine, could count as makom suda. But uh, the gra actually was very stringent and said that it has to be bread. 
the Vilna Gaon said it has to be bread from Makom Seuda. Many people rely on Mizonot being sufficient. Shukhan Aruch says Mizonot is sufficient for Makom Seuda. In any case, uh, so he said that the fact that, uh, and there's also a, there's a discussion about whether you can have Kiddush or you can have the Shabbat meal without light. And many people bring the, uh, try to bring a proof from here that he said that, oh, maybe the light will be out and you won't be able to eat. So what, what's the problem? But the Rishonim here seem to say that it's just, yeah, just uncomfortable. It's a, they just won't be able to eat practically because they won't be able to see. Not necessarily that it's a halacha that you have to have a candle there. Um, and is it true? Didn't, didn't Abaye say a very famous statement that's quoted many times in the Shas? Abaye said that my master Rabbah did everything according to Rav. Except for three things, David Kishmueli followed Shmuel in three things. There were three things that he did like Shmuel. One was Matilin the Beged, which means let's say you have a talit, that the talit itself, the garment is wearing out, and you want to move the tzitziot to new garment. So the problem is that you're, so to speak, breaking the mitzvah because you're taking the you're taking the tzitzit, you're untying tzitzit from the garment, so you're kind of like taking away from the mitzvah and then reconstituting it in a new beged. So that was something that's a machloka between Rav and Shmuel, whether you're allowed to do that. Rav says, Ein matirin mi beged beged, and Shmuel says, you can. And Rabbah followed Shmuel in that. And madikin menelener, you can light from candle to candle, meaning that you, if you want to light your, uh, your candles of Chanukah, you don't have to bring a separate candle and light each one, but you could actually have long wicks and and take the wick that's already lit as a ner mitzvah and, and extend it to the next one. Of course, there's a discussion in Masachet Shabbat whether they're talking about a case where there's a candle in the middle of that, meaning you take the fire from one and you transfer it from the other. Meaning, let's say, for example, you're, you're, you lit one candle of Chanukah and, uh, and then your, whatever you're using to light the candles went out and you wanted to relight it from the original candle. That's a worse case than if you just had a long wick on one of the Chanukah candles and you directly lit the other one. But either way, Rav had said, no, ain, ain madikin miner lener. And there's a discussion about what case exactly they're talking there. And then there's, and, and, and Shmuel said, yes, madikin miner lener. It's interesting because it's a similar concept to matirim beged lebeged. In other words, you're somehow like diminishing the mitzvah for the sake of another mitzvah. You're taking from the, uh, you know, from one candle to make another candle. You're taking tzitzit off of one garment, make another garment. is the one that every time they quote this statement of Abaye, they always quote the Brayta together with it. Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon with dragging chairs. A person can drag a bed, a chair, or a bench. As long as he doesn't intend to make a hole in the ground. He drags it along the lawn. It might make a hole in the ground, which would be emlacha, but the thing is, since it's unintentional, Intentional and it's not inevitable. It's not what we call pasikreshe. It's not a an inevitable situation, and it's not intended. If the person said, "I'm going to drag the chair all day long because I'm hoping that maybe it will make some uh, uh, some grooves in the ground," then he wouldn't be able to do that. But if he's just trying to drag a chair and it happens to be that it digs into the ground, and that wasn't the intent. So then it's okay, according to Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda said, "No, the mitkaven. You have to avoid. So you're not allowed to do that since it might." create a groove in the ground. But according to Rabbi Shimon, you could carry it, you could uh, drag it. And Rabbah followed Shmuel about that. that why not? Why can't you drag a chair? Why not? Yeah? You could drag it. It's just, unless you intend purposely. It's like you can walk on grass, even though you might know. You might, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And meaning, you do something that davar no mitkaven. You don't intend. No, if it's psikreshe, you can't. We're not talking about psikreshe. If it's inevitable that there's no way, like you can't say, I'm going to open up the fridge door and the light is going to go on, but I don't intend for that, so I don't care. You can't do that. 
but if there's a, if you want to walk down a certain street and maybe there's a light and someone's saying, okay, that's called davar sheinom mitkaven. You didn't intend, and accidentally, you know, it turns out somebody had a light in their uh, so I'm saying that's davar sheinom mitkaven. And he followed Shmuel in that. He didn't follow Rabbi Shim. He didn't follow uh, Rav. Because Rav held like Rabbi Yehuda, like we learned in Masechet Shabbat. In any case, there are only three cases where Rabbah followed Shmuel. So why is Rabbah following Shmuel here and requiring them to eat for Kiddush? To make uh, Kiddush Mokom Seudah? What's the reason? So it says, no, that means That doesn't mean that Rabbah was lenient when Rav was lenient. Here, Rav is being lenient. Rav is saying, go hear the Kiddush in the synagogue. You don't have to have a meal and you fulfill the mitzvah. Oh, what are you, why are you going to make Kiddush at home? Oh, for the rest of the family. But you fulfilled the mitzvah. It's lenient because he's saying you don't need a meal to fulfill the mitzvah. Right? So, so it says, Rabbah didn't follow the leniencies of Rav. He was stringent according to Rav in everything, except three cases where he was lenient like Shmuel, which are these three cases. You can take tzitzit off of one talit and put them on another. You can light the candle, Hanukkah candle from the other. You can drag the chair on the ground. But everything else, he was stringent like Rav. Here, where Rav is the one who was lenient, he, he went like Shmuel. Now, we have another opinion from Yochanan. This is the most radical opinion of all. Because first you had Shmuel who says, you didn't get anything. You go to, you hear the Kiddush in the Bed Knesset, you get zero. You didn't get the mitzvah of, of obviously you didn't get the mitzvah of Kiddush because it's not Bimkom Seudam. When you, and if you wanted to go outside and drink wine, you wouldn't be able to because that, that Kiddush did nothing for you. Right? Rav said, look, you got the mitzvah of Kiddush, but if you go home and you want to drink a cup of wine, you can't drink it without saying Bari Priya Giffen just because you heard of Bari Priya Giffen in the synagogue. That's not going to help you. It's called Shinui Makom, totally new place. Rabbi Yochanan said, no, it, not only do I not hold like, the idea of Makom Seuda, not only do you, did you fulfill the mitzvah of Kiddush, holding like Rav, right? So, but you also fulfilled the mitzvah of wine, meaning that you, you, when you get home, since you had in mind, you had the Kiddush in, in, in the uh, Bed Knesset and the, uh, and the guy drinks the wine, Right now, you go home. You could continue to drink wine based on that that uh, that uh, wine, does, even though you, yeah, you could use the bacham. So it's very strange, right? Whether it has to do with a change of wine, or or a change of place. It doesn't have to bless. In other words, what it means is shinui yayin is the idea of hatova mitif. Normally, if they bring a new type of wine, if you're just drinking the same wine, so then you don't you don't have to say another bachal. Let's say you have like your delicious manischewitz heavy malaga wine that we used to have when we were kids, right? Then I haven't seen that in years, but you know I remember that, right? So that syrup wine, you're drinking that, and then they bring more of it, of course, because everybody loves that one. Okay, and then uh, and you don't have to uh, say any other bachada, but if they bring a different kind of wine, right? Now there's a machlok at Rishonim. Does it have to be a better wine or just a different wine? We say, Shulchan Aruch says just a different wine. And, 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 that's, and it's a machlok here. The Rashbam says it has to be a better wine. Tosfot says, no, it just has to be a different wine. A different wine to the table. You were drinking a red wine, they bring a white wine. You were drinking one red wine, they get a different uh, red wine. It doesn't matter. Different type of wine, you say a bachav hatova metiv. You don't have to say another bachav geffen if you were in the middle of drinking wine and you knew they were going to bring more wine. But if you bring a new wine that wasn't there before, so then you say, uh, Now, of course, that's Allah Chalazan telling you. 
Yeah, now, but Rabbi Yochanan doesn't agree with it because he says Shinui Makom. You go to a different place since you said Vayprei Geffen at your house, and I come over to the doctor's house and have a lechaim with him some more. And, uh, since uh, when I, I drank some at home and I, I go over his house, I don't have to say another lechaim. I just was drinking wine in my house. I, I drink wine in your house, no problem. And Rabbi Yochanan is saying also, even if they bring a different kind of wine, we were drinking uh, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and now they bring us some um, white Zinfandel. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so he says you don't have to say Atov It's all the same thing. Okay, that according to Rabbi Yochanan. Now, Metivet, there is an objection. Shinui makom, tzarech levarech. Shinui yayin, tzarech levarech. The Brayta says, we agree with Rabbi Yochanan, agrees with Rabbi Yochanan that a different wine, you don't have to say a bracha, but disagrees with him on Shinui makom. It says, Shinui makom, tzarech levarech. If you go to a different place, you said by prayer geffen, even if you drank some in, uh, in one place, so you go to another place, you're not going to be able to rely on that for, uh, for the bracha that you, uh, you know, for not be, having to say a bracha in the new location, you go to a new location. Now, there is a discussion about what kind of foods it's going to apply to, which is what we're going to see coming up. But the point is that according to Rabbi Yochanan, if you said a bracha of any food, sounding like here, that's the way that the, the Rashbam understands it, any food, okay, and then you, you had a cup of coffee in your house, and you said shehakol, and then you went across the street, and your friend says, would you like another cup of coffee? You say, sure, I'll have another cup of coffee. I was drink, drink, just drinking coffee, and my friend calls from the window, come over here, you go to his house, you don't have to say another bracha, you can go and, uh, and, and uh, drink another cup of coffee, according to Rabbi Yochanan. That would be the case, okay? Now, but, but you see here that it says, no, shinui makom, you do have to say another bachav, you change your location. Now the Gemara is going to get into the details of that now. Okay, now th- but first it's Tuftaz Rabbi Yochanan Tuftaz. So first of all, we see that that's a refutation. Now, we're, of course, the, the Rishonim will ask, why is it really a refutation? If there are certain cases where it's true, maybe that was what Rabbi Yochanan was talking about. But we'll see. Now the Gemara says, Yativ Ravidi Baravin Kameda Rav Chista. Ravidi Baravin was sitting in front of Rav Chista. And Yativ Rav Chista, Kamaron Rav Chista said, Mishmei Rav Huna, then Rav Huna had Amrat Shinui Makom, Tarekh Lo Shanu El Mibayit Labayit. Makom Le Makom Lo. The, that's the version that we have, right? I mean, makom makom. That uh, that was only when you, if you go from one house to the other, but from room to room, you wouldn't have to say a new bracha just because. In other words, if you drank coffee in one room and you go to another room, you wouldn't have to say a uh, a new bracha on that coffee according to this version. However, there's another girsah, there's another text, another version which is the more accepted one. Most rishonim have is mi pina le pina. That it means if you're in one room, in other words, if you drank coffee in that corner and then you go over here, you don't have to say another bracha, but a different room, you do have to. So it turns out to be a machloket rishonim, whether if you're in one house and you go from room to room, you need to say a bracha if you go from one room to the next. Generally, the accepted rule is that you do, but, the, uh, but it's, it's, uh, there, there's a difference of opinion and they say, well, you should try to avoid it, or, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, it creates all kinds of problems. You go from room to room in one house, and you're, you know, you ate in one room, and then you want to continue eating in another room in the same house, uh, something that's covered by the same bracha, whether it's... Uh, doesn't depend is your house or somebody else's doesn't, house? Doesn't seem to matter. That, the only time that, that issue matters is when you're being served. Like, if you're being served, and they serve, let's say, a certain type of food, and you ate it, and they serve more, you, you didn't, you, we say that you didn't know what they were going to serve, so maybe you had in mind to eat whatever they serves, right? Yeah. As opposed to, right, you're a guest, but if you stop eating a certain food and then you say, you know what, I'm going to have another one, so now you already canceled out your previous bracha, you have to start over, but when someone else is serving you, you don't know when, when it's done. 
now they are like in different rooms. Yeah, like yeah. One room is sushi. One yeah, we talked that. about that yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and sometimes even outdoors. Yeah, outdoors, yeah, indoors. outdoors, indoors, right? So if yeah. you have, so so ba- the basic the thing is, if if well, we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll become clearer, but it's going to take us at least two dapim to get to that clarity. So you're going to have to be a little patient, but we'll get there. So now the thing is, this was already taught to me in the bright of, Rav, of the Shiva Rav Hinak. Okay, another person. Exactly what you said. Just repeating what was already written in Abraita. A lot of people take this part out of the Gemara. The Rashbam takes this part out of the Gemara because he says, what, what, what's the big deal? So Rav Huna said a teaching and it happens to be taught in Abraita. Sometimes the rabbis didn't know every Abraita, so he didn't know it. So he, so he said the Halakha and it happened to be corroborated by Abraita, but that's okay. In any case, uh, the, the point is that vitu yativ av chistav kamar mishmed nafshei, right? So uh, that uh, that Rav Chista sat and he was uh, he said it over in the uh, in his own name, right? So the so according to the Rashbam, this whole part is uh, you know doesn't really need to be here because it's not really a um, the uh, it's not really like he says here. He says, "Shibush gamuru, gamuru." It's a total mistake. She keni shita tagmar lashmienu ha amurat davar mufash b'brayta. I'm reading from the Rashbam. Says it's common for an amurat to tell you what's already written in a brayta. The zimnin she ena kol bekin b'brayta. Not everybody knows the brayta. Vegam amurat smozim in lo yadale lahi brayta. And sometimes the, the even the amurat amuraim didn't know every brayta. There was a million of them. Ad demaitile siata mine until they would quote it. They would say, "Oh, what you said is in a brayta." They didn't always know all the brightod. Olafishu udiyati b'chizav kama mishmei denavshei v'taul amar miklal shechazar ba mimash amar lemala mishmei Right, so they, they, uh, they, since they saw that Rav, Rav Chista sat and was saying it over in his own name, right? They thought that he was retracting what had been said previously, right? So one thing was said in Rav Huna's name, and one said one thing was said in his name. But the point is that he said in his own name now, he said that what what types of things do we say that if you change your location you have to say nubacha? That's only things that don't require a bacha bimkoman. They don't require you to say a in that place. Now this term is loaded with different uh, interpretations, but let's take the simplest case, or or we could say what the Rashbam says. The Rashbam is actually what the Rambam and the Rashbam agree here that it means anything mishivata minim bread. Mizonot or one of the Shivata Minim. Any of those things that oh, require you to say Bachachat Mein Sheva, require you to say like Al Hamichiyab, it's really Bachachat Mein Sheva. I'm sorry, Mein Shalosh. And, uh, right, and, uh, and, uh, or Birkat Amazon. Because really Mein Shalosh and Birkat Amazon is the same thing. Right, so the so you're supposed to say a Bachachonat Bim Komo in the place that you, that you ate for those things. Uh, as opposed to shakol, a piece of, person has a piece of chicken or a person has a, a coffee, water, whatever. They don't. Uh, uh, I, mean, I know coffee is a complicated thing, but whatever. They drank something. They go in and, and they don't have to say that. They realize later that they had a piece of chicken and they never said bachachona 
They don't have to go back in the kitchen and say it. They're, they, they could say it anywhere. So that's called something that doesn't require Bachachrona in its place, which means to say it doesn't create any kviut. There's no sense of, oh, I have to sit down and I'm going to end up sitting down and saying a Bachachrona here like it's a tor- sort of a seudah. There's no concept of that with foods that don't require a Bachachrona in the place where you ate. Something that you eat, like a piece of candy, uh, uh, a, a, a piece of chicken, any shahakul type of thing, you don't have to say the bachachona in the place where you ate because it doesn't create any, any sense of seuda. Okay? Those things, if you move, you're eating a salad and you go to another room, now you have to, or another place, you, now you have to say another bachan salad. But if you're eating bread and you move to another place, or you're eating mizonot and you move to another place, or you're eat, even eating Churma, you're eating, you know, it doesn't matter. You're eating one of the shivat minim, any one of the, any one of the, uh, uh, the seven fruits. So then you would, you would have to, uh, since it creates an obligation of me'in shalosh, of a bachachonah that has to be recited in a particular place. So therefore, whatever you do afterwards is considered an extension of that. You didn't break that view. It's not over yet. The point is that the game is not over yet. Right? So that's what he says. Maitama lekiv'a. Because he goes back to his original kviut, he's going back to his original um, uh, situation. And Rashi says, wherever he goes now, even if he goes to another room and he ends up finishing eating somewhere else, okay, he's finishing a meal, as opposed to you ate something of a shakol in the other room. And then from the mere fact that you can say the Bachachona anywhere you want, that shows you that that eating doesn't have a continuation. It's like you're finished already, you already moved on, and you can say the, uh, you can say the Bachachona anywhere you want, the Barina Fashot anywhere you want. So that shows you that that doesn't have any like continuation. As opposed to something that requires you, you know, like when you eat, you know you need to say Birkat HaMazon, it like weighs on you, you're aware you need to say Birkat HaMazon, right? It actually, there's like a psychological rea- uh, feeling, you know, like you know that you need to say Birkat HaMazon, you're waiting, oh, can we say Birkat HaMazon now, you know? So like, it creates a kviut. so even if you go to another room, let's say here, here, when we, back in the old days when we had food, and you, uh, and you, you, you know, you, you, you're sitting outside, you're sitting outside, sitting outside in the, in the hallway and eating something breakfast and they have something also in the back. And so you went in the back and you ate something from there. It's all one seuda because you, you had bread or you had mizonot. So you, you're considering it one seuda. You wouldn't consider it to be a new phenomenon. That's what he's saying. Now, um, uh, it, now he says, According to Rav Sheshet, no, it doesn't matter. Even in those cases, you move to a new place, you have to say a new bracha. You move to another room, you got to say a new bracha. According to Rav Sheshet, you cannot have to say uh, on salad and the steak. And they say no, it's because it's Person, that's all it is. That's a different question of brachot, but uh, according to Rabbi Akiva, you could. Rabbi Akiva says you could. Rabbi Akiva says you could say brachat hamazon and shakol. If it's your seuda. On your akot. He says in the Mishnah, brachot towards the end. But we don't hold that way. You say it has to be bread. Anyway, you had a group of people who were sitting and drinking. It doesn't say what they were drinking, but they all of a sudden they all jumped up because there was a chatan or kala. They had to go uh, celebrate with chatan and kala. They don't have to say a bacha before they go out. And when they come back, they don't have to say the bacha again to start. In other words, they were they were, they're having some drinks. We, we let's not assume what it is yet. We'll see. And they run out. And um, to greet the Chatan they come back later, they want to continue. Right? So it says they didn't have to say a Bacha before they left, and they don't have to say a new Bacha when they came back, because they never left, mentally. They never left, right? But when is that true? That's only if they left a Zaken or a Chole. Why? Because that's the only person who wouldn't come to the party, because they're too old, it's not feeling good, right? They, could, they couldn't come. 
I, I I don't know if he would count. So it's probably specifically you know only adults, but uh, but they didn't come right. But if there was nobody there, meaning the entire table got up, is going to get up. So then kishen yotzin to unin v'chalim afraya. Right, and that means that when they go out, they have to say They have to say the bracham what they already ate. And when they come back, they have to say new bracham. Now, incidentally, that's that's what it sounds like. But according to the Rambam, and actually the way it's brought in Shulchan Aruch, it means that even if the person, let's say, everybody left the meal and they come back afterwards, everyone left and they come back. He says you actually have to say birkata mazon first on what you already ate. That's what it means. You have to end the previous seuda, even though you're back now. It doesn't mean before you left only. It means even if you left, you're not really supposed to do that, but you left, and then you came back, you have to say, you have to say first, Berkat HaMazon on what you ate before, and then say Anu HaMotzi. Not just that you say Anu HaMotzi, that's what the Rambam says. No, Rambam says because you up. ended the Seuda, that's it, you ended the Seuda, so now you, you have to finish that Seuda and start a new one. It's like a person, it's like, like, like example where a person says, if you're sitting at the table, no, this is a pretty well-known halacha, if, if you're sitting at the table and you say, let's do Berkat HaMazon. That's it. Now, you, you can't now, uh, exactly. once the people agree to do Berkat Amazon, they can say, well, actually, let's have a little bit more. They have to do Berkat Amazon now. Yeah. Then they say, on something new. Yeah. So that, that's the, it's the same concept. He's saying you first have, since you all left, right? And we're going to see what this is, what, that this is a specific opinion here. But, but, huh? If, if they still have a remnant of the Sherita uh, Pleta, that they can, they, then they didn't end the suda. The point is that that person sitting there is basically saying he's the pl- he's the placeholder. I'm holding the I'm holding the meal. It's still going on. But, <clears throat> we're going to see a similar thing about people that fall asleep at the seder in the end of the uh, masechet. I don't think so. Probably somebody who's obligated to the mazon. I would assume would be necessary for this. Now he says, uh, so, but what do you see? Um, but now the 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 implication is from a fact that says they picked up their feet. So the implication is that they were eating something that required a bachachona there, like whatever that constitutes, right? And that that's why it's called to to uproot yourself because they were supposed they were they were kavua they were right they were settled right. Right? In other words, the implication of the bright is you need two things. It had to be something that required a bachachona in its place, and there has to be somebody left behind. Whereas before you just said that as long as it's something that requires a bachachona in its place, even if you leave and you come back, it never is going to change anything. Right, you're not going to have to. Even if you, even if you leave and didn't come back, right? Although you're always supposed to, right? It's not going to change the status because you're continuing that achila indefinitely. Here it says no, it's not continued indefinitely because everyone got up from the table, even though they were eating something that required bekatamazon in its place. It doesn't continue on if everybody got up, right? So that's so. What do you see from that? That's difficult for Rav Chizda because Rav Chizda said that no, if you're eating something that requires bechachonan in its place, which means it has a certain kviut. To the eating, so then you uh, th- th- then you don't uh, have to say another bracha. So what does it say? Amav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Mantana Akirot Rabbi Yehuda. This is going like Rabbi Yehuda, not like Rabbi Chista. Rabbi Chista was not agreeing with Rabbi Yehuda's uh, position. Obviously, Rabbi Chista doesn't argue with Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda is a Tana and he is an Amorah. But it means that he's not following that position of Rabbi Yehuda. He's following the position of the Chachamim, Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is the one that's represented here. 
this is a little bit more upstanding. You know, these guys got up to go to the Bit Knesset. There was a minyan. They went to learn. They didn't just go to party. Okay, but they got up and they left the meal. It's right? Yeah. True. 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 Well, let us know more about that. When we get the invitation, <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find out. Kshen yotzin, entunim v'chalem afrek. Kshen chuzrin, entunim v'chalem chathila. Right? So, they, so th- it says, they don't have to say v'chalem afreya. Meaning, Abacham, what they ate already, you're saying, Abacham. Even though there it's saying they all left, right? Now, Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Bamedvarim Amorim, is actually Nichusham Mikzat Chavirim. That's only if you leave somebody there. Avaloi Nichusham Mikzat Chavirim, Kshen Yotin, Tonim Bachalim Afreya, Kshen Yotin, Tonim Bachalim Chatchila, right? Ela Tama. I really think that the people who printed this Gemara got paid by the word. Why do they have to repeat the entire phrase every single time? Right? It's like... Well, they have to repeat the entire phrase every single time. We get the point, right? No, but, uh, it's right, but, but yeah, it's just such a short doubt. They said we better, we better extend it a little bit more. So, but no, but the point is that what is it saying? It's saying that you have, according to the rabbis, you have one condition, which is it has to be something that you say in its place. So therefore, it has an, it has a feeling of kviut. It has a sense of there's a seuda going on, and it could be continued. And even though I walked away, I could come back. There's something to come back to. Or even if I went to the next room, I'm continuing as soon as we're going to sit down in another place. There's a continuity to it because there's a, you ate something that requires a bachachonah. As opposed to when you're eating something that doesn't have any kvi'ut. You ate a piece of chicken, you ate a piece of, uh, you ate a candy, you drank a, a cup of, uh, of water. So it's, it's not, it doesn't have any kvi'ut to extend further than that. If I leave, it's over. If I come back, it's still over. It doesn't, it doesn't get rejuvenated, right? Uh, so that's the chachamim. According to Rabbi Yudai, you have two qualifications. You need kvi'ut, but you also need some remnant that stays at the table when you went away. Otherwise, the meal is over. He'll say that even though you, uh, are eating something that requires you to go back to that place, and hopefully you will eventually go back to that place to do the bachachona, or the, although bidiavad, if you didn't, you, you still get the mitzvah berkat hamazon if you did it somewhere else. But the point is that if you, that once, even though your food technically has a kviut, it has a sense of, uh, of, uh, of significance of a seuda, unless there are some people actually there left behind at the table in that seuda, it ends the minute everyone picks up themselves to leave. And so even if they wanted to continue eating afterwards, even in the same place, they would have to do Birkata Mazon on what they did before, according to the Rambam at least. They'd have to do Birkata Mazon on what they did before, and then they would have to do a new Hamotzi. And even according to those who disagree with the Rambam, they would have to do Birkata Mazon before they left the table, meaning they're not supposed to all leave the table without doing Birkata Mazon. And then when they came back, if they wanted to eat again, they would have to say Rishona on all their food again. So this is a place we can stop. It's like there's not much of an easy, logical place to stop in the middle of the discussion. But hopefully when we get to the end of it, we'll be able to review some of these halachot practically what, they, what the halachalimah says for everyone.